Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Architecture Student Diary. Welcome back. Um, I hope everyone's had a good week. Um, this week's episode is about architecture favourites. So I'm going to be telling you all my favourite things from this term and since I've been studying architecture, from content creation to YouTube, um, loads of things to cover. And so I've just picked up my top favourites. So it should be a fun episode this week. But first, as usual, we'll do a little recap on how my week was. So this week I had my design studio submission, um, so I had to submit my portfolio. I didn't have to present, fortunately, because I'd done that the week before. But I just had to submit my portfolio, an A1 board, and pin up um, for moderation for this submission. It went alright. <laughs> I mean, I feel like for any submission you could always say there's more that you could have done, and I definitely think there's more I could have done for this one. Like, I felt like I was just, like, filling in gaps and then I just had to be like, okay, I can't f- keep filling in gaps in the portfolio now. I've just got to tidy up the portfolio, make it look good, you know, just put it all together. And, yeah, I got it in on time. So, I mean, that's what counts. And I gave, gave it my best shot with the time that I had. Yeah, now I've just, is in the hands of my academics, really. What happens from there? But, um, yeah, I was really happy. So, I can tell you a bit more about what I submitted, so... I had to submit basically my site analysis, a primer project, which we did in the first term, and basically my proposal for a skate park and political hub, which is what I, a concept I came up with essentially based off of my site analysis. I mean, the end stage of this submission was like the massing. So I just had to come up with massing of the different spaces I'd like in this site. So I think I may have explained it before, but you basically got, me founding this new political party in collaboration with a skate park which is already existing on the site which I'm going to be enhancing so I created like an adjacency schedule with all the an area schedule adjacency schedule you know what I mean of all the spaces that I need and I've spit mapped them all out and that was kind of the end of this submission was my massing essentially so I submitted all the build-up from the start of October up until then and that's that. I'm pleased to have it over and done with, to be honest. It was, yeah, it was a lot of work. It was a lot a lot of work, as if we didn't already know that. Yeah, I'm happy with what I submitted. Um, I did my best, um, which is the, the most I can do. No all-nighters just yet. Uh, maybe I should have done one. Maybe not. I don't think I should have done one. And I just gave my best shot. So, you know, what more can we ask for? Once that was submitted on the Wednesday, I then began to crack on with dissertation. I say that. I said... Wednesday afternoon I'll have off because I um, had just submitted. I said on Thursday morning I'm going to get started and do dissertation. And Thursday morning I woke up and I thought, nah, <laughs> I need a longer break, I need a longer break. So <laughs> I took all of Thursday off as well. And then on Friday, the last day of term is when I, you know, went back onto doing dissertation. So I, yeah, just went to the library and I just gave myself the aim of writing really because we'd had a lecture the week before that was saying that we should just learn to write badly. Like, get good at writing badly. Stop trying to, you know, do all the research and get everything done before. Just write, and then you can always go back and edit rather than just waiting till you've got everything to write. Because I think that was what I was waiting waiting for, which is what was putting me back, was that I just was waiting and waiting and waiting. (laughs) And no words were getting written down. Like, there was no evidence of any of the research I've done, essentially, if I haven't written anything. So I went in the library with a friend and we just said, let's just write. Um, So we have a 3,000 word target to meet in January, which I'm going to be working through 
working on throughout the holidays. Um, well, not throughout all of it. I've allocated certain days off as well. And I collected loads of books from the library. I had When I travelled home, I had a suitcase of literally, I think I got about like 10 books from the library surrounding architecture. Um, actually, not even architecture, a lot of them around education. So, because my dissertation, for those that don't really know, is about architectural education and I'm kind of trying to create as an outcome of my dissertation an ideal or what I think it should be like um, and why I think it's not working at the moment sort of thing uh, like like a critique of it I guess the education books aren't even related to architecture but just to postgraduate not postgraduate um, further education in general so like university education and how it should be done so when I try and apply what these books say to architectural education essentially but in terms of work that's kind of it I feel it feels weird being in this position where I only have one thing to work on, essentially, dissertation. Because I've just submitted for Design Studio. My Practice Profession and Ethics module I presented for a few weeks ago, so that's over. So I only have dissertation right now. I mean, in the new year, studio and technology will kick in, but dissertation is all I've got going for me right now, which is weird. I feel like in the past I've had so much to do over this holiday. I've had, like, tech work to do and studio and other things. I just... It just feels weird. I mean, it's still a big deal, dissertation, don't get me wrong. But um, but that's all I've got to work on this the next three weeks. Outside of uni, I also did some exciting things this week. I had, on Wednesday, after my submission in the evening, I had a city council conservation panel meeting. I think that's what you could call it. Uh, oh, an advisory panel is what it was called. Where I was invited by someone I know I play hockey with works for the local council in near my uni and they um invited me to this conservation advisory meeting where they go through the local um projects and local developments and proposals um for sites within um the area and they have a panel of about a dozen a dozen professionals in the built environment whether that be someone that works specifically in conservation architects um people from heritage like the heritage industry i guess and they all like critique the proposals um that have been submitted for planning so they give their opinion on whether they think this conserves leicester's history and what impact this may have on you know on the local area really and yeah so i was invited to this meeting and it was i had attended one that was online before and this one was in person at um city hall and it was really exciting. It was an environment I've never been in before. And so, you know, I sat there and they put up um, a proposal for a new development on the screen. And then the, the architects and the professionals around me would tell, give reasons as to why they think it should or shouldn't go ahead. Um, and, I mean, they're not the ones making the decision. It's just to the council's just collecting their advice, really. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting. And I've never... I've never been in an environment like that where it's like you're, yeah, critiquing things that have already been, have been submitted to planning, essentially, and are just either waiting to be improved or or need feedback on, for example, the materials they use, the size of the proposal, the height of the proposal. Um, and it was all very interesting because it was all like on sites that I'd passed in my time um, at uni. So it was interesting to see what could be there in the future and how um, different architects and people in development are planning to to make them go ahead um 
so yeah, it was very interesting. I'm just watching. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm sat there nodding my head, like listening. I don't have very much. I have the least experience in the room of those qualified people, but it's still very interesting to to sit in on. So I'm really grateful for um, my teammate who invited me there um, to hear about yeah, which projects local architects like and don't like and why and um, whether they think it you know preserves Leicester's history. Something I've never done before, so that was exciting. I also had a Christmas dinner with my hockey club, which was nice, and a social for the Architecture Society, which was really good. It's nice to spend time with your course mates and not discuss work the whole time. It was it was good fun. And I also had a Toastmasters meeting as well this week, which I've spoken about before, which is the public speaking club that I'm part of. And I also attended my last Toastmasters meeting before Christmas, which was really nice, and I was evaluating someone else's speech. So someone gave a speech, they gave me their objectives of what they wanted the outcomes of the speech to be, and I essentially um, evaluated them at the end, told them what they did good and what they didn't do as well, how they could improve on it. And yeah, it was very, very cool. I never evaluated someone else's speech before, Um, so there was a bit of pressure to, you know, do it right. But luckily, at the end, I got Evaluator of the Evening, which is basically an award that you get at the end of each meeting, there's an award for evaluators and speeches and table topics, which are the impromptu speaking parts you can do at the beginning of um, a meeting. And yeah, I won an evaluator's award. So I was very pleased with that since it was my first time evaluating someone else's speech. Um, so yeah, this week was, you know, sprinkled with a few fun things in between, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, it was a good week overall, a good balance of work and also social things which I I love and I appreciate now on to the main part of this episode my architecture favorites so I've created a few categories I've got content creators podcasts I've got Instagram websites and books um those are my main categories for today so we should touch on a few of my favorite um people and pages and hopefully you can pick up some recommendations too and if you have others as well put in a comment let me know what who your favorite content creators are in architecture um i would love to know because i'm always happy to discover new people so yeah let's get started so first of all we'll get started with content creators the og thomas roundtree if you don't know him get to know him he is an architectural designer who studied at Birmingham for his undergraduate and Westminster for his postgraduate. And he's documented the whole process of studying um, architecture for on YouTube and Instagram. And especially his Instagram uh, profile at the moment is really doing a lot. So he has a lot of videos that document his uh, life. So he's got a few vlogs on there. He also has a lot of advice posts as well about making your portfolio, how to make that look nice, work-life balance, which is something I'm so passionate about in architecture spaces, getting the balance between your work and your social life and not letting work take over to the point of mental exhaustion. (laughs) Um, So he definitely is working towards promoting a healthy student lifestyle as an architecture student. Um, So his, yeah, portfolio videos have definitely been the most helpful for me because he's done a few on YouTube where he's like, look back at his past portfolios um, which has been yeah really really helpful and interesting and I I guess it's nice to be able to reflect and critique your old things because it's, it's a sign that you've got better and by him showing that I think there's a lot to learn from it um, so I've followed him for a few years and definitely when I was choosing my 
options like for architecture he was definitely an influence and someone I looked looked at and watched um to kind of get an insight on what it would be like he's recently completed his master's but he's still continuing to post a lot of content um surrounding his architecture and his work um and any advice that he has which I think is you know really helpful then secondly we have Sana Tabassum I've mentioned her as well before she studied her undergraduate and postgraduate at University of Greenwich and she shares a lot of her experience studying um there and also and she shares a lot of her experiences studying architecture and how she's managed to balance her work and she also shows a lot of her work on YouTube as well and which is really interesting especially a lot of her postgraduate work recently and she's also an advocate like I mentioned before for getting that work-life balance um she definitely advocates very strongly for that which I think is very important and she shares a lot of her tips on how she manages to find time to you know relax and when there is time when the best time is for her to work and I think it's very helpful to look at other people to see you know what works for them it might not work for you but it's definitely worth trying and I remember actually Thomas Ranchi doing a post about it once saying I think it was on LinkedIn he was like are there enough architecture content creators and literally the majority of people said no and I definitely agree because there are definitely like one or two that would like stand out and then the rest you're just like you don't see a lot of other architecture content creators and stuff online and I don't know whether this is the nature of the work because once maybe a lot of people create content later on into their architecture career and then um get too busy to keep it going or it's just difficult to balance I I don't really know what exactly it is but there just really is not a lot compared to a lot of other uni courses and I feel like there are loads of other people that you can look to to for inspiration and for advice I feel like in architecture it's quite scarce and a lot of it may come from people who are already qualified and sometimes you're like I don't want to hear from the people who have already you know done the whole thing I want to hear from people who are doing the undergraduate and the postgraduate or applying for different things and see what their process is like for that um so I feel like you could say there is demand for it because there's definitely not a lot of diversity of people in the architecture space but it's definitely growing I feel there's definitely loads of content creators on the come up um for architecture but there's definitely not a lot I feel like I'd expect there to be more but there just isn't but you know I'm open to suggestions of more people if anyone has them but yeah I really love Sana Tabassum she started the two scale blog which I think is what her page is called on Instagram where she says those of advice and has those of reels and posts about various things in architecture she also very interestingly started the Archilada, which is a website that she's created, which is essentially like a search engine for studying architecture in the UK, where she has been able to collate loads people's reviews and opinions of their architectural experience in the UK for people that are applying to have a look and understand, you know, how that course is run and what are the best and worst things about it, I think is very insightful and I kind of wish I did have something like that like even my application process to uni I'm I'm pretty sure I decided that I didn't want to do a batch of the sciences because I thought it'd be maths heavy and too sciencey and I feel like there are like maybe one or two universities that is like this but from what I've heard the majority are not like this so (laughs) I just really gave myself a very small pool of universities to apply to because I thought no I'm not going to do a batch of the sciences like I'm not built for that. I didn't do any sciences at A-level. 
but I was wrong. I could have applied to a Bachelor of the Sciences if I wanted to, and the courses are still pretty similar. I just needed to read the course descriptions instead of just basing it on whether the degree was a BA or a BSc. Um, I think that was just so silly decision from me. I'd really narrowed down my options. So if you're applying to uni, definitely read the course descriptions. Don't just base it on whether it's a Bachelor of the Arts or Bachelor of the Sciences, like me. Um, yeah, so that is my top two content creators, Thomas Rountree and Sana Tabassum. I would highly recommend them. So now onto the podcast. I'm a fan of listening to podcasts. Also, a reason why I started one. One of my favorite architecture podcasts is actually the Reba Future Architects podcast. I don't know how popular this is, but I listened to every episode. I think at the end of second year, I discovered it, and I listened to every episode one after another throughout a whole week. Like I was just doing uni work. I think I was just modeling or something, and I just listened to every episode there was of it, and. I really loved it because it's a podcast that's not just by qualified architects. I feel like there are a few of those out there and I sometimes I struggle to like understand them or for them to be quite relatable because I'm not a qualified architect myself. Um, sometimes I find it difficult to relate. But the Reba Future Architects podcast is like hosted by students. So I think they would, for each episode, choose students from different unis to give their opinion on a topic. So... I remember I think one of the first episodes was like by students at University of Nottingham or it's either Nottingham or Nottingham Trent where they gave their advice on balancing your mental health and well-being whilst at university which I think was um, a very relevant episode for the time that it was created. I think they were like it was definitely a few years ago it's not still running now but I feel like you know maybe they're going to release a new season soon but it's definitely not something they're still releasing now Um, because I remember reaching the end of the episode thinking oh no like I've I've run out of of future architects podcasts to to listen to but I just found the student student perspective so interesting and I feel like we don't hear it often enough like we just I just sometimes feel like we just need to you know speak up about the things we're passionate about like yes you can do that in your design but sometimes it's nice to just talk about you know think issues you're facing in your education and misconceptions myths i think it was just the future architects podcast was just a a great space for all those conversations there was even an episode which i highly recommend about what it was like to be studying architecture with a disability so they had someone from the deaf architecture front and someone who was visually impaired um talking about their experiences studying architecture and their struggles and Honestly, a lot of it was really shocking about how some institutions handled their disabilities as they were studying. Yeah, it was really hard to hear, to be honest, but I think it was really very relevant and very important for them to speak about because it's, you know, some things now that I'm aware of that I just think, you know, if someone, you know, struggled with this or wasn't able to do this, is there another way they could go about it while studying architecture? And yeah, it was, you know, disability in architecture, I feel like it's not... Um, a conversation I'd heard from a student's perspective um, at the time and that was very a good introduction to to the episode and they even have a they even made a BSL version of the British Sign Language version of the video as well which I thought was um, a very clever addition and I wonder if they did that if they could have done that for every other episode as well in terms of making it accessible not just the disability episode but whether every episode could have been done like that but that was really interesting so I highly recommend listening to that episode. They also had an episode about um, diversity in architecture around the time of the Black Lives Matter movement which was also interesting 
And because whenever an episode was released, it was by different people, the diversity of thought was just really broad. Then there's also the Two Worlds Design podcast by Hamza Sheikh, um, which I recommend. I did actually really enjoy this one as well. My favourite episode from this one was one that was with Sean Adams from The Poor Collective, which stands for Power Out of Restriction, which is a collective that focuses on the development of communities through the elevation of young people. Um, So he talks about that in relation to architecture, and it was, yeah, a really interesting episode. I definitely recommend that one. Um, And Hamza speaks to a variety of people in the built environment in that series too. I don't know if any episodes have been released recently from that, um, but I remember I also had a period of when I just listened to <laughs> that over and over again. Like, I just go through a whole season of something when I discovered something new until I reached the last episode, and I think I did the same for that. Another one I have written down is the 1 to 100 Architecture Podcast, which is a podcast by seven architecture graduates who are women of colour, which is really nice. Um where they discuss loads of the issues surrounding architecture. And one of the reasons I love this podcast is they really touch on, like, I'm not even sure if it's taboos, but just, like, they just don't hesitate to state the obvious. For example, their podcast episodes have just the coolest titles. So, for example, let me see some that I can read out. Okay, so, for example, Season 3, Episode 1. No offence, the Part 1 salary is childish. Season 3, episode 4, say my name correctly. Season 3, episode 5, no offence, do we need architects? And I think, yeah, the conversations they have are just really good. Yeah, they're also really fun. Like, they have such a good energy and they're really entertaining to listen to because I sometimes struggle with some architecture podcasts. I just think, you know, I want them to be exciting and fun, not just, oh, this architect designed this, I thought this was cool. You know, do you know what? I don't know if you know what I mean. But sometimes I listen to some architecture podcasts and get bored. So, you know, this is part of the reason I'm sharing my favourites, is to share, share the exciting exciting ones. Um, because I think architecture is supposed to be exciting, and, you know, you want it to be fun. Maybe some of the podcasts I listen to and find boring, other people don't. That's alright, you know, maybe some people enjoy that kind of thing. But for me, I really need, like, a lot of energy, a lot of positivity in the episodes that I listen to. And in the 1 to 100 podcast episodes, there's no hesita- hesitation, there's just everyone just speaks so freely about what they think of the industry and how how they've managed to get through it and their struggles along the way and it's just really honest conversation which I really enjoy and yeah I think especially this podcast is so relatable um to me specifically as well and um, because of there's so many women of color in it um so I really love it it's really really fun and exciting I don't think there's any podcast episodes that have been released recently Now onto Instagram. So, I feel like architecture on Instagram can be a bit of a tricky one because because architecture is is visual. It's like a visual. It's an art, you know. There's a lot of a lot of things that go behind the scenes to it that are not visual. But ultimately, I feel like that's how most people would describe it as something that's visual. So, social media is also visual. So we use that as a space to showcase finished work, um, designs, and loads of things. And I think. Some people can see it as a good thing and some people can see it as not a good thing because you can end up either comparing yourself to the work someone has just posted and also you don't know how much work has gone into it and what they've used to create that, how many hours have gone into it and, you know, whether they're even at the same level as you because I feel like I often see an architecture loads of work and I think, wow, this is so cool 
and it will literally be like post-grad work and I'll be literally in my second or first year looking at it like wow um how am I how am I going to get there when really it's just an unrealistic comparison but there are still some accounts that I follow where I feel like sometimes if you know a bit more about the person creating them it makes more sense rather than just following random architecture accounts um because even like on a international level like some of the work that's produced is very so widely that it's really hard to compare uh, compare yourself to like I mean you shouldn't compare yourself to it but it can really it can be difficult if you don't have that perspective to understand what went into that work so the people that I follow is Tom Rose Studios we've also already mentioned Thomas Roundtree the two scale blog which is by Sana Tabassum there's also Archie Student Notes which is an Instagram page by a woman called Alia, who's a part three architectural assistant. And she uses her page to showcase the weeks in the life of loads of architecture students from the UK. So she takes admissions from students to share their what they're doing in their week. And she shares them on there. She also shares loads of advice um, on that page of how to be most productive and when you should be taking breaks and workflow there's a lot of um really useful resources on there like even how to catch up when you're falling behind how to look after yourself when approaching a deadline um and i really love her page she um has a lot of useful resources on there um so i definitely recommend following archi student notes then on to youtube there's one youtube page i'd recommend in particular which is the surviving architecture page which is um made by a woman who shows her workflow she's especially good at doing um renders and using photoshop and loads of other adobe software to create drawings whether it's for site analysis or for final renders and i've definitely used her tutorials to do a few of my bits of my work but some of it is really really helpful especially if you've got time on your hands to learn how to do some of the things that she is showing I definitely recommend following Surviving Architecture, especially on YouTube, but she is also on Instagram, where you can learn about how to render things and use software. And the tutorials are really helpful and step-by-step, and it makes um, makes designing and producing good drawings feel achievable when you know how to do them, because I feel like it's so easy to see these amazing Photoshop renders and just have no clue how on earth they were created. But I remember using some of her techniques for like my site analysis and it helped me produce loads of drawings and plans and master plans at a large scale, but like very quickly. Especially with site analysis, there's so many things you've got to represent and you don't have time to do each one from scratch. So her videos have really helped me to produce work that, you know, I'm proud of. Um, So I definitely recommend watching them. Then onto websites. I've tried to keep this really short and sweet. There are two main websites that I recommend. First one is First in Architecture website. First in Architecture is honestly a lifesaver when it comes to some things. Like, I find with Architecture, you just sometimes end up Googling the most random things, like how to calculate stairs, how to calculate this, how to work out this, how tall should this be, how wide should this be, how big should this be, you know, how should I draw this, how should I label this? And the First in Architecture website has all of these resources in one place, which I think is really essential um and can save you a lot of time um in particular i've used this website to figure out how i should be calculating stairs i remember doing that in first year first in architecture website also has a few articles 
on advice on how to get through architecture school, how to choose an architecture school. They also have CAD blocks, which you could import into AutoCAD and whatever, um, which I've used a lot. Um, and I just have them saved on my laptop now, really, that I use for some of my CAD drawings. Sometimes it can just get really tiring searching the web for CAD block of a sink, CAD block of a this, CAD block of a that, <laughs> when really they're all in one place on the first and architecture website. So yeah, I really, really recommend that as it has a lot of helpful resources, even for like some technical things like architecture and the environment. It has a few resources about with some diagrams of how to represent technical principles, which I found really helpful. I think it's been designed that way to fill in the gaps of the things that you haven't been taught or the things you may be expected to know, but don't and where to find it. And I think first an architecture website is the place to go for resources and so much so i highly highly recommend to get on that if you haven't already then we also have architectures one of my favorite websites so architectures a r c h i t e x t u r e s i hope i spelled that right but um it's a material editor where you can just it just has like a directory or a library of materials which you can choose and edit and export those images so you can use them in a pattern on like photoshop so they're all like seamless which i think is the struggle to find textures that are seamless on Google is really is really a struggle because you something will say, oh, so-and-so texture seamless and you'll import it and then you'll use it in Photoshop and then you can see the square around each image and you're just like, no, this is not what I wanted. So I highly recommend using the Architectures website. It's what I've used, especially, I think I found it in first end of first year or second year um, and I highly recommend to get on it and it will save you so much time searching Google for textures when a lot of them are on there there may be like a one or two or a few like if there are a few niche materials that aren't on there you can you'll just have to google those or maybe use a different website for that but the architectures website has saved me so much time when searching for materials and it's just so great that you can also edit them like if the opacity is not right you can change that if the underlying color is not right you can change that the scale of it's not right you can change that and, and it's so flexible and the interface is really really accessible and really easy to use so i highly recommend now onto the final category books and i'm going to recommend one thing from this category because i've read a few books mainly for like my architecture essays that i have not enjoyed <laughs> so i wanted to touch on the main one that i've enjoyed which i've read most recently for my dissertation and i think i also didn't enjoy those books possibly because it was for academics like it was for an essay for a title and a theme that I couldn't choose so I don't know if I really enjoyed reading them as much because I knew I had to in order to get my work done maybe that's just me maybe I just don't have a very good taste in books um which is fair you know if you have any recommendations of books send them my way I just think sometimes I just I, I just feel like I'm reading some books and I just don't understand what they're saying oh. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I just don't have a very good taste in books. But when I was reading for first and second year, I didn't really enjoy as much the stuff I was reading. Whereas for my dissertation now, I'm reading about architectural education. And the first book I was advised to read was Architect, The Evolving Story of a Profession by Eleanor Jolliffe and Paul Crosby. This was a really easy to read book. Like, I highly recommend it because I could actually understand the language that was going on. Like... I feel sometimes in a few books, it's the language and the vocabulary used is so complex, I really struggle to understand what they're trying to tell me. I just get lost in the words. Whereas with this book, it was just so well written that I could just understand exactly what they were trying to explain, how 
the role of the architect has evolved from being master mason to architects now and also with some of the issues in architectural education at the end and it was just such a good book to read and I read through it so quickly like I think I yeah it was within a matter of days I just read through each chapter and I just really enjoyed it I would definitely recommend others to read it if you you know are interested in you know the history of architecture and you know where they believe the profession is heading towards now um and some of the issues that are in it I think it was just so well written so that is my top book that I recommend and I think I've spoken about it before when I mentioned my dissertation topic in an earlier episode so um I won't spend too long chatting about it but I highly recommend this book um to anyone who is looking into getting into architecture as I think it's really valuable insight into what the industry has been like and where it's going so that sums up my current architecture favorites um I hope you enjoyed this episode a bit more of a chill chatty one as you know we've just finished our lines it's the Christmas holidays um so I thought yeah why not let me tell you all of my favorites make sure you send me some of your favorites to let me know what you're enjoying at the moment as I'd happily take on any recommendations as you may think I've missed some things off my list such as other valuable websites and resources that architecture students can look into other books you can recommend other podcasts that you can recommend so I hope you enjoyed it and this marks the last episode of 2023 so I wish everyone a good holiday season and I'll be back in the new year Bye-bye.